Welcome to the Enterprise Excellence Podcast, where our purpose is to help create a better future. Learn from our world's experts how to improve your organization sustainably. Learn how to achieve and sustain an excellence journey for yourself, others, and the planet. And I'm your host, Brad Jevons, coming to you from Brisbane, Australia. We are proudly brought to you in association with SA Partners, a world-leading business transformation consultancy. SA Partners are a truly purposeful company focused on helping organisations achieve sustainable improvement for themselves, others, and the planet. Welcome to episode 63 of the Enterprise Excellence Podcast. I'm so pleased to have Dr. Morgan Jones back on the show with us today. Morgan will be chatting us to us today about why bother, why and how to assess your continuous improvement culture. What an important book. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. Morgan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Brad, and thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to talk about it. Yeah. Morgan, what, what led you and Chris and Peter to write this book about why bother about, you know, assessing and a continuous improvement journey and culture? Well, it's called why bother because that's the answer we get. So when you start to think about how do you know you're starting to embed continuous improvement, it's not just all, you know, outcomes like are you delivering results. How do you know you've got the mindset? Had implemented a, a, a cultural assessment program at CDA, you know, I've done previous work. And what it came about is you need some evidence that you're continuing to improve and your efforts are making a difference and it's starting to embed rather than just waiting to the end. Mm-hmm. So, was, so having an assessment program just to monitor progress and it helps you because also by monitoring progress, it, it keeps the momentum going. People go, oh, we are getting better. Because sometimes when you're in the minutiae, you forget that all the yeah. you know, that you have changed. It's yeah. only when you step back and go, let's have a just a formal review. It's not, a, it's not a, an audit. It's just like, how well are we doing up from a behavioral space? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Well, Because I, I can imagine, I know a lot of companies, you know, go into a lean or continuous improvement on agile Six Sigma journey. And I think the stats are pretty... Um, not that good with how many fail or don't actually progress. I think I heard last it was somewhere in the 70 percentile type ones that don't go forward. What, what, what would you say is the reason for that? You know, what's been the focus of your book to try help that, help journeys continue on and not just, you know, spike up and then fall down again? Well, it's a really interesting one because most programs, nearly every program has to justify its existence by delivering results. Mm. And those results, 99 times out of 100, are determined by delivering savings. Show me now, and you have to keep building in those savings. And say, look, okay, look, if we let us keep doing this, we'll keep saving the company money. Yep. Occasionally, you get some smart organizations about generating revenue and building customer loyalty and things. But, and it's usually, show me, the, show me the results now. We have a very short-term view in life and business and everything else, show me the results now. Mm. Cultural programs are really interesting because it takes years to actually change your mindset, two to five years, some of the research is like five years to actually transform a culture. Mm. Um, so that's, you know, the, the thing um, why I think is what you normally have is you have very short-term big projects to deliver results. But what happens is you take the focus on that particular project the behavior is go back to the old way. Mm. So you haven't actually addressed what are the sustaining behaviors to, in the new world. So you put an improvement in place. 
how do you want people to behave in the, in the new world? And how do you reinforce and keep that going? So what we do is you focus on the results, not the behaviors that deliver the results. Yeah. So as, as Shingo's, you know, sort of insights, the Shingo Institute's insights, uh, the first one, you know, ideal results require ideal behaviors. And that's really, really key to this whole thing. You know? When we talk about ideal, it doesn't mean perfect. It means sustainable, continuing improve results. And to do that, you need a, a defined set of behaviors that continue to evolve and improve. So but you do need to define and be really um, laser focused on what those behaviors that you require to deliver those future sustainable results. Mm. Okay, so most companies strategically, when they're looking to do some sort of transformation or change, they're focused on projects. But those projects can be, you know, led and managed and you get to the end of the result and then the behaviours that actually drive culture can be just the same. But you've, you've written this book, Why Bother?, to really get, get to that deeper level of, okay, you're looking to transform, you're looking to do things differently. Well, what are the behaviours that you need to evolve and grow? And how do you measure those behaviours and see that journey through? Am I on the right track? Yeah, absolutely. And you just hit the key word in it. It's always seen as a transformation programme to find like, you know, we can do something over the next 18 months, two years, three years. And that having a defined period of time, you haven't actually said, well, what does good look like at the end of it? So what do I need to sustain once you've got there? And then you look at one of the big programs, you know, any of the big organizations, they've got three, four, five iterations. Okay, we're going to relaunch, we rebrand it, and they call it something else. Because what they're doing is they're, all they're doing is focusing on the outcomes and not the behaviors that drive the outcomes. Yeah. So that's why we put, the book came about. It's focusing on the behaviors that drive those sustainable or Chingo insight language. You know, ideal results require ideal behaviors. And it's yeah. just about assessing where are you on your journey for your behaviors. That sounds neat, Morgan, because I've, I've heard it so often of companies rolling out lean or rolling out agile. And the frontline employees are there with their heads spinning going, here we go again. It's another transformation or change program with a different banner on it. But what you're saying is that you've written in your book, Why Bother? You've written about more focusing on what are the behaviours you're trying to achieve and develop to grow within your organisation, the things you can physically see people doing and ways to sustain that journey and sustain the improvement for a long time to come. It simplifies things a fair bit by the sounds of it. And it's surprising that everyone focuses on the outcome and not what you need to have in place to deliver that outcome sustainably. So that's where why bother. And we chose the word why bother because that's you. Well, why would you bother assessing your, your, your behavior? Why would you bother? And that was a, quite a common reaction when you talk to people. Well, why would you bother? Just show me the results. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to run a project and 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 we'll we'll get some results. So it's really a book about how to assess your continuous improvement culture and keep on that. And I'm guessing by what you're talking about, Morgan, too, you're talking about really your organization's continuous improvement journey and journey to develop a culture of you know excellence, not lean, not agile necessarily, not six sigma, but your company's journey. And you can have lots of different lenses, whether you talk about Agile, whether you talk about Lean or Six Sigma or customer experience, it doesn't matter. It's the core behaviours that you require to deliver those outcomes. Yeah. 
it simplifies it down a fair bit. Morgan, what, what are the key um, steps in the book that you outline? Like what are the key few key chapters and steps that people need to follow to take this type of journey? Well, it's really interesting because uh, Chris, Chris Butterworth, one of the co-authors myself, we sat, we were in the, in the uh, business latch Qantas, and we decided we still, we'd actually pen down what the key elements, because I brought Chris in to help me define the program at CBA. So the first step is figuring out sponsorship. You need somebody at the top on the executive panel who uh, board out there who actually supports. So you've got to sell it. So first of all, how do you sell it? So chapter one is how do you sell? Why would you bother getting a sponsor? So we take you through how to sell. Mm-hmm. How to sell an assessment program. So each two chapters, it starts with why bother? Why would you bother getting a sponsor? So we answer the question. That's cool. Um, and the next piece is about, the next couple of chapters is around really focusing on, you know, first of all, linking, if you want to get these ideas, first of all, how to define behaviours. And then once you realise that, what are the key systems that drive the behaviours? Mm. So you might have, and, and linking the behaviours to your values. Because lots of organisations have corporate values which are disconnected from every day and, and disconnected to what you're trying to achieve and your mission statement. So it's actually bringing it to life. So what we do is, you know, first of all, you, dis- you define your behaviors and then you look at the system to drive the behaviors and then you say, great, okay, that's great at a high level, but now you need to break it down and, and, and how you assess the behavior. Because the behavior is a really interesting thing. People sort of thing might say respect the behavior. No, that's a, that is a, that's an attribute. Mm. Uh, how people show respect is the behavior. So how you would show respect to somebody could be different to me. But we both the outcome is showing respect. So it's really understanding how do people uh, and they, you know, show a behavior. So it's what you say and what you do. So the clear definite really simple definition when we get into that sort of assessing behavior is, is this something I can do to you? Can I take a get my mobile phone out or today's mobile phone, could I video this? Could I hear what people say? I can't tell what people are thinking. You know, people say, oh, I've got, they've got this mindset. You, know, you can't video a mindset, but you can video and actually record the behavior of what people say and what people do to mm-hmm. demonstrate that. Yeah. So we sort of do that and say, okay, great. Now you want, how are you going to assess your behaviors? Therefore, you, you create a system. You, know, you break it down, what it is non-existent to what world-class looks like. So you break it into, into manageable segments or you know, sort of a, a rubric for measuring. Um, and once you've got that, so it, you know, it takes you through that. And there's another part and go, well, okay, great. We've, we've, all, we've talked a lot in business over the years about KPIs, key performance indicators. Now, what we talk about in here is if you're going to measure your behavioral system and behaviors of the organization, you've got to actually have that, a measure, a metric. And it's not a KPI, it's a KBI, a key behavioral indicator. So that's how you know these are what people are doing. Subtle difference because KPIs are focused on the outcome, KBIs are focused on how they get there. Mm. Um, so that's what we sort of talk about in the next bit. And then we sort of start to. There's a really interesting chapter in there. And this is about when you, you, you create, because this book is designed not only for people 
who are going to do assessments, but also people you know, in, in the business. There's a, a fantastic chapter by Kevin up air who actually talks about voice print what the type of conversations how do i elicit get the right you know ask the right questions and make a safe environment for people to talk and explain and what do i do hmm. so it's about creating using the right tone and voice uh, so it's really a powerful section in there and then we sort of decide to do so this is great so it sounds very academic in you know sort of management consulting world so we said, well, okay, let's see where it's been done. So we, then we had a keynote set of uh, sort of um, five sort of businesses who've already implemented this. So we had, we had five case studies. So the first one was around NBN, hmm. you know, and how they, they implemented it. Um, Palapina, Airbus, CBA, and Bacara. Um, they were great. And then what I actually did, because the world has changed over the last 18 months, we went going from having physical going to sites to assess people. How do you actually change that? And lessons learned, going, switching from a physical assessment to going to a virtual. So mm. doing it over WebEx and stuff and, and consideration. So we have a bit of a case study in there about doing virtual assessments. Oh, that'd be help, helpful, especially yeah. in the world that we've come into now. Yeah, so, you know, at the beginning when we wrote it, we were like, ooh, maybe you've got to think about it. Now it's like the new world. Yeah. Uh, and then sort of um, once you've actually gathered all this data and you've seen how it works, it, the important thing is we're all individuals. We see all, all see uh, certain assets. We all have lenses and biases. So what do you think is how do you calibrate and get, so we have a group of four people observing meetings, interviewing stuff. We're all going to have a slightly different perspective. So how do you calibrate and get that mindset to say, well, what is the, tru- the truth that we all observe? Mm. What's the best, you know, so it's about how you calibrate. And it's a simple process, you know, some standard work in there to actually help you decide whether, you know, early on we talked about, you know, the, the, the assessing uh, framework, you know, whether it's none, a few, some, most, or all. Well, what's that look like? All means, is that above 80%? Mm. None means, you know, less than 10%? You know, it sort of gives some tangible stuff. So putting that framework in place. So, helping assessors to actually understand are you looking at the tool application or are you looking at the behavior the tool is driving yeah neat and then what we sort of moved into then is ah, right, okay great we've got all of that how do you make it work so a high level roadmap to deploy yeah nice. and then right at the end we pull it all together and just say well look you know is the why and the what and the how to get it all to work based on a pdca cycle yeah. So that's it. So we start off, you know, how do you get sponsorship? How do you define the behavior and the framework of the system, then the framework, and then how do you go and collect data? Um, then sort of, you know, subtle thing about when you're collecting data, how to have the right conversation. Here's some case studies. Then pulling all together to get calibrating the what every, all the individual assessors uh, come about rather than being ordered. Mm. It's quite um, subjective in some elements. And then actually pulling all together and making it and giving a report out to whichever site you see and, and identifying areas they can improve their behavior. So what system and tools they should focus on to help them once they define the behaviors. That's neat. Morgan, I can see like with this, uh, for an organization that's really looking to set up a system and a, a cultural approach to truly transform, it's very powerful. You know, you've got the, 
steps of how to get sponsorship on board, how to define behaviors and get away from focusing on tools and techniques and all that, but more focus on what's those key behaviors we need to achieve excellence. Looking at your systems, being able to assess it, break down the KBIs, key behavioral indicators, some elements on your language and how to assess, but then also how to calibrate and create a roadmap to take the journey. Like a really, really powerful coverage you've got. It's like a, a complete how-to guide on it. Well, what? why is it important that organizations think about these elements in building, you know, an excellence journey that's their own versus just rolling someone in to deploy some lean, do some training, and then off they go and job's done? Great question. And the way I look at it is um, people have deployed lean and Six Sigma and Agile and you, have, you bring external experts in and they do it to your organization. They don't actually build the capability, a, a sustainable capability in your organization. So therefore you continue to keep them going. Mm. And this is the same thing when you can talk about behavioral assessment framework is you have to make it your own. And you go, well, and it's evolved. So we've even in the book, and the first bit I'm most proud of is said, well, guess what? You have to apply a system of improvement to your, your assessment system. Yeah. So you say, guess what? You start off, this is what it looks like. But then eventually, after five years or so, it's built in strategic planning and who gets involved, and it'll evolve. So yeah. what it looks like in year one could be different to year three and year five. You still have the rigor, but it will continue to get better. So you apply that PDCA mechanism. It's so for me, it's, it's about driving the understanding and the behaviors of to sustain and, and continue to improve a behavioral assessment system. Yeah. It's a neat conversation, Mark, because I, I think, like, like you, I've studied – a lot on Toyota over the years. Of course we have. We're in the game of continuous improvement and all that things. But I remember everything I've studied on Toyota, it never said that Taichi Ono went off or Shigeo Shingo went off and brought back the Ford operating system or the Ford way or the... They went and studied what was best practice around the world, combined it with what they're already doing best practice, focused on the behaviours, the cultural pieces, brought in the systems. Of course, there's the systems of lifetime employment and a lot of other systems in that culture and that organisation that sustained it. In a way, you're talking about helping others develop their way, yes. th their approach, which is focused on behaviour and culture rather than focused on systems and tools that other people have done necessarily. And it's their culture, where their culture is now, and what they want it to look like in, yeah. their, in the context of their business and their industry. In the yeah, that's neat. That's yeah. neat. What a great episode. Remember to go to enterpriseexcellencepodcast.com backslash downloads to get hold of the Enterprise Excellence Big Picture Map to help your organization explore its excellence journey. Please like, subscribe, and share this podcast to help others gain insights and create a better future. Well, do you mind if we unpack some of these elements? Like the first one you mentioned was sponsorship. Why is it important to get, you know, some senior sponsorship to a journey like this? Well, obviously they go through change. You know, this is something new. And they go, well, well this is just another thing we have to do. Mm. Whereas with the, some of the key elements, you have to get the uh, coach, the leadership across the line to say, actually, your role as leaders, this is something that well, Shingo 
and Toyota claim that senior leaders are responsible for the culture of the organization, for managing and continuing to improve and manage it, mm. lead it. So that's the key thing. So you, you've got to get that sponsorship because most people focus, oh, yeah, but he's, we've got our values, therefore we've got a system. No, you haven't. What you've got, you've got a definition and some words. What does that actually look like? And then holding people accountable and rewarding people for when they live in values. And living values at a CEO is different to somebody in the manager of the front line. And actually translating it to say, what does that look like for me? Whether I'm a, somebody fixing a truck or um, a bank teller compared to a CEO on five, ten million dollars. Yeah. So you, you need that sponsorship from the top to lead the journey, but also, like you said, to really help to cascade and create this behavioral alignment throughout the organization. But Morgan, on that, how, how option two, you said chapter two and section two was very much getting into the defining the behaviors. How, how do you define behaviors at, say, a senior leadership point of view versus frontline? And, and do you have some examples you could provide the listeners? That's a, that's a really hard question. But, um, so what we sort of end up doing, and, and the best thing is actually start off at the bottom. Mm. And what do you want the front line to, to be doing and saying? And therefore, what do you need the leaders' environment to enable those front line to do what they need to do? So mm. therefore, when, at the, when you get to the senior leaders, the executives are going, what is it they need to be doing? So are they coaching their their, organ- their leaders, business units and sites, et cetera, are they coaching them to manage the culture? And, uh, and it's not, sorry, I use, I use the wrong word. It's not manage the culture, lead their culture. Mm. And it's, it's about role modeling. You go, well, what does that actually look like? So therefore, when you get to the senior leader, yes, they do have the role model. You know, say, oh, a CEO doesn't need to be continuous improvement. Actually, if you see a CEO doing it, Guess what? The ripple effects of the organization. If it's what my boss's uh, my boss's boss is interested in, it must fascinate me. Yeah. Because guess what? They believe in it. And then the, and when they, the leaders come to, to lower down the organization, instead of telling them what they need to do, they should be coaching them or mm. coaching their leader to coach them. Mm. Continue to build that that coaching and that continual improvement of mindsets and, and capability building. Yeah. That's why it's really important because the other element of senior executives is they talk about culture, but it's actually quite esoteric. It's quite fluffy. Mm. You know, what does that actually look like? So they say, oh, you've got these values. What, how would you know that the values are being lived? Yeah. Oh, well, no, because you've got the descriptor. You go, actually asking the question, how would you know that somebody is truly living your values? What would they be doing and saying? Because they can't, you can't read their mind. Yeah. If you start asking that question, oh, um, uh, and, and you get them to say, because then, because only as human beings, we can't migrate. What we can do is observe behaviors. And if we, if we continue, this is what our calibration is to say, this is about how you continue to embed the value set that you, that you, you desire in your, in your organization, which drives your culture. Mm. It's powerful, Morgan. Like I can see, especially when you tie it back to culture, like it's such a powerful position because the culture is the way we are, who we are, but we're actually bringing it down by defining the key behaviours we need to achieve excellence now. And like you said, they could evolve year to year or, you know, strategic period to strategic period. You're really bringing culture to life. 
and you're able to see it, lead it, measure it. But what, what are some of the key systems? You mentioned that there are systems that drive behaviours. So I'm guessing those systems can drive behaviours either positively or negatively. But what, what do you go into? What is that element? It's, it's really topic three in the book. But what do you go into? Well, there? that could be anything. So it could be um, your people development mm. system. And you know, so we might talk about continue to uh, build the succession planning, you know, making sure you've got the capability of your team members, not just for their current role, but as so they can evolve and get into a better role, you need to backfill them. And as you each super, supervisor and superintendent or manager, senior manager, whatever you want to call them. You need to, instead of saying, I'm happy and I'm protected, I want people to develop. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the key. And so it, it one of the classic ones is, is the people system. Now, you can have a sub-system in there, which is coaching. Because coaching is a very subtle one. Um, so that's an example. You know, um, reward and recognition is another classic. So when we talk about behaviours and behavioural change, it takes, you know, for every negative comment or, or, or chastisement or whatever, it takes at least four positives just to negate, mm-hmm. take it out of your mind. So it's like you know, having children or training dogs or, or training, even training us, our own mind. If we give positive reinforcement on what we want people to do, they're more likely to continue to do that. So that's why thinking about reward and recognition, and reward can be, you know, intrinsic or extrinsic, so you can you know, give them money, it can be a pat on the back and just saying, well done, in front of their peers, some like it, some like it to be massive quiet. So that's a really a powerful one because these are all about, and they go, oh, but that's just a, it's just paying people money. No, it's not. It's about, and, and, and the reason uh, that I picked those two, because they're fundamental to, if you look at the Shingo model, one of the foundations is respect every individual. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, it's actually saying you're rewarding, recognizing. I think you have the capability to grow. I want you to get, you know, we believe in you. We want you to get better at delivering your current role and potentially, if you want, to get better roles in the future. So you can, you know, develop your career. But if you don't, you're happy to stay where you are, we want you to give you a fulfilling role and you feel empowered to, to continue to improve, to make it safer, more efficient. Um, you know, you learn mm. and you're happier. And people are happier in their roles. They can put discretionary effort. Therefore, they'll try and put more effort in to try and make things even better. And what translates is the people receiving the product or service of any process will know when people are committed. You feel it. People really value it by, by the way they talk to you. Yeah, I can imagine. And it's powerful. Well, look, I'm really painting this picture in my mind that you've got the behavioural system, which links back to your culture, and you've defined how you can actually establish the behaviours at all levels of the organisation that are so key to measure and lead forward towards excellence. But just the same, the operating systems or the systems of the organisation on the right-hand side, they'll impact that either positively or negatively. So you need to look at your operating systems and think, well, where are we with our operating systems and how do they impact or positively, or do we not even have that onboarding system to develop people? Yeah, and it's really interesting one. So one of the interesting elements when I rolled out CI across other organisations, the question you used to have is what the behaviours 
if you're implementing a new IT system, whether it's SAP or Oracle or whatever it may be, success factors, what are the behaviors that this new system is going to drive? Mm. You go, what do you mean? You people just follow. No, 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 you're missing the point. There's a difference about following the process, but then there's a behavior. And one of the classic examples is some people, you know, we have a, in finance, we have approval systems for expenses and you, know, you, have, you can't approve expenses above a certain value unless you're more senior and things like that. So those systems, although we say managers and leaders, you're empowered to make decisions, financial decisions. However, we're not going to empower you to make a decision over $1,000. Yeah. Well, you're empowered. So it's, it's one of those ones where you go, oh, but, oh, but, and it's from a financial. So you look where the, you say the words, you're empowered. However, the systems that we have developed over the years actually disempower you or are contravening and say, yeah, we, 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 you're empowered, but only to this piece that much. Yeah. The rest of it, we don't trust you. Therefore, you have to escalate it up. Yeah. And it's, it's a really interesting moment when you start to challenge and go, well, yeah, but they might make a decision that's wrong. Well, you, you empowered them, develop them. If you've got the wrong person in the role, that's your, your challenge. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's changing that mindset. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really powerful when you think about it that way, that you, you could have empowerment down to the core value of your company and you've got written up there on the wall, but then over on the other side here, we've got all these systems that are telling our people, you're not actually empowered. You know, you actually... That that's not truly the way we are. So I can really understand from that the importance of looking at both sides of it, understanding what is that culture we we're look we have and we're looking to grow and improve, and how do we measure and lead that? Then what part are our systems, our operating systems of our business playing on that? Let's call this episode to an end, Morgan, and continue our chat next week. Thanks for the talk today on your book. Why bother? Have a great week. We'll catch up with you next week. Bye for now.